welcome to Marvelous Pod, where we'll be digging into the sixth episode of What If, What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark. I'm Laura, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Abby. Hello. And Matthew. Hello. So, team, what did we think? I feel like this is very reminiscent of that first episode mm-hmm. and the third episode. Ooh. That um, would be where when they, all, they died. all died. Yeah. Actually, that it's... doesn't necessarily narrow things down. That will be the one <laughs> <laughs> where there was the serial killer. Yes. It's, it's got that thing that it's a slight change to things, but some of the same stories are being told because of it. Which, when it was presented in those earlier ones, I was going, ah, I don't really want this as the series. I want the series to go places and push itself. I want to, you know, maybe what if they were all zombies, for instance, as a mm-hmm. total example. What an idea. Um, but now we are much further in. I'm a lot more accepting of it because it is kind of, let's throw different stories out there for different people. So although this is not the story I necessarily want told, I consider there are people who might well have enjoyed this as a... A variant of what if Killmonger did a different plan at a different time and what impact does that have on the world? So, Magnanimous Matthew, how many Tildas? Uh, middling Tildas. Middling Tildas. Yeah. Mm. Tilda Gloucestershire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still kind of haven't decided <laughs> what, I, what I thought about this. <laughs> I think, seeing it twice, as, as we do, um, and the first time I was aware that there was a lot in it and the second time I really could not believe the pace at which it moved. I it whips through a lot, mm. a lot, a lot of things. Um and I don't know if I it left it feeling for me, I think like a really interesting portrait of Killmonger, but I don't know if it is a very different portrait of mm. him. It is definitely an episode about him, and I think we've talked in some of the others about how there were so many characters and so many threads and so many things. And actually, the second time, everything really does just move around him, um, and it's it's a bit more kind of in close up than Black Panther is, because obviously Black Panther you have many other characters and many other things to um, not be Killmonger. But but this is his story, apart from the Gundam Wing mecha robot times, it's not that different. Um, and I think that's fine, actually. I suppose, what if, not that different. And it's what we talked about, as you say, I think in the first episode. What if, actually, largely the same. Uh, not for Tony, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not for Rhodey. Not for a couple of characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, what if, largely the same. Um Hmm. Are you ready to give it a Tilda rating? I think it's probably Brighton. Like, it's a destination episode. <laughs> um, but you've seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got, it's, it's got a beach. Yeah, there's a pier, but or there pe- was. But it's pebbles. <laughs> Which is fine. Just... If you want a pebble beach, it's got you covered. <laughs> I'm... Really hoping that no one is listening to this as their first episode because they're not going to have their slides. I don't what we're talking about with our tildes. Now you've brought geography into it. British geography. I say geography. I mean, I'm not well, the one yeah. for geography. <laughs> anyway, Laura, where would you place Laura. this? I found it a bit boring. Um, 
first watch. Second watch is better, but I think you're right, uh, Matthew. When uh, well, both of you were saying that it's it is not dramatic differences really. Mm. Uh, I mean, there were some interesting bits in it, and there's some bits I really like. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, middling Tildas, five Tildas out of Tilda, um, <laughs> and and I think I think last episode I was saying that oh, it feels like they're escalating each time, and this feels like a bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. But as you say. This is what some people might be looking from, for from the uh, what if. So um, love what you love. I mean, it, I it, don't. I think it feels like a step sideways. It's character exploration, mm. um, and that that is a different thing than the things that we have had. Um, you mentioned the serial killer episode, and I realise I've actually forgotten that completely. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the half life of my Marvel memory. Turns out that one's so just a half life of about a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, you say character exploration, but again, like previous episodes, I don't know that I got anything more from the characters here than I got from the original stories with them. That the, the character exploration has not explored. Well, it's not different. You know, here be characters you already know, and we knew those characters. I, I liked. You know, the the framing of it that it's, although you don't get the same heroes, it does cause other things to happen in the world. And you see Shuri and Pepper possibly coming to something. Mm. But again, like those other episodes, that's the more interesting story. That's the episode you want Jump to see. straight to. Didn't you want next yeah. week's episode to be Pepper and Shuri doing the thing? I wanted to come mm. in there. And it's interesting because mm. we've said a couple of times, oh, we didn't come in at the point of change. And here we mm-hmm. did. But actually, yeah. I wish we hadn't now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and it, Killmonger, Eric is the villain antagonist that everyone has talked about as being one of the strongest. As good as Loki is, part of that is the charisma of Loki in general. But in terms of actual believing in him and possibly siding with him, Killmonger is the one that worked mm. in general. I quite liked seeing it here that we not only... We, we sort of have that baggage coming in, if you've seen the film, but you get a bit more of seeing the intelligence of the character and the setup of the character. Um, so he's obviously sort of playing a long game and he just seems to rock up at the beginning and then you say, oh, he's pulling many different strings in different ways. Mm. I quite enjoyed that because obviously in the Black Panther film, we got a little bit less because most of it was spending our time with T'Challa. Yeah, I think he it was more focused on his physical ability mm. in the film mm. than his mental. Although, can you do a doctorate in a year? I feel like in America sometimes you can do whatever you like. Oh, I mean, I mean, hasn't got hasn't the Hulk got like seven doctorates or something implausible? He's got seven PhDs apparently. Seven PhDs, yeah. I don't know. You can you can do like simultaneous degrees and all sorts of strange things. I try mm. not to yeah. concern myself with the details because there's always no, someone. Saying... <laughs> He graduated from something, someplace beginning with A, and then uh, did a year at MIT. He could he could have extended his his graduate work. He could still no. have been working on his. It doesn't Maybe say he's finished version course. Could be. I don't know. I don't. So know. do we think he got his doctorate because the bloody thing wouldn't work? Well, you can get do a doctorate if it doesn't work. Seems like cheating. He might just have left and. Become a serial. I mean, it's not true. necessarily. A, did he say it was doctorate? Yeah, it was his doctorate. It, it was his un, think yeah, doctorate it was. thesis. And they looked it up in the library of them, didn't they? Which means did, it was yes. completed. True, because yeah, because this is the thing. We, you know, we haven't actually seen what the change is. 
What is it that in the original Iron Man he did know about the assassination attempt mm. but wasn't ready for it? Is it that the changes he just happened to find the right thing this time and that's what's caused it? Yeah. Equally in Black Panther, we don't see what the setup is for why then? Is it the death of King T'Chaka that's caused him to start going after Wakanda? Or is something else causing his, his story to take off at that point? Hmm. Well, it doesn't mention his doctorate in Black Panther, does he? No, I don't believe so. No. But anyway, I just... Yeah. <laughs> but that's so, a good point. Performances. What did hmm. we think this time? Yeah, I thought uh, that... I mean, I, I'm not going to say the whole spiel about Chadwick Boseman again, but just everything I said before about how great it is and moving and so on. Ditto. Um, mm-hmm. Many feels. And I th- Do we know if this... Sorry, do we know if this is the last one, or have they said? They haven't said, but his okay. last one being him in the ancestral plane after a funeral for him. Yeah. I don't know why I thought there were it four. I thought there were four, okay. but I might okay. be making that up. Cool. Um, so we've had three. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'd be gone. As I say, I thought Michael B. Jordan was fantastic. I thought he he was really mm-hmm. good. really good, mm-hmm. really really good. Um, and and really kind of had that understanding of the difference between the acting and the voice acting, um, which mm-hmm. I think we've only seen in in a handful of yeah. Performances. Well, yeah. I I'll tell you who turns out is a really good voice actor that I enjoyed seeing in animated form rather than seeing them live action as they were in other films. Do you know Andy Serkis is really good at this stuff? <laughs> he, he is. He's good, that man. Really good. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> there were a couple of moments where it was a little bit Gollum. But in general, <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I, I I agree. And I feel that, um, I mean, same as, as his appearances in the films, he's a bit of a scene stealer. Yeah. And he most absolutely, things, yeah. you know, grabs everything that he's in that was no exception in animated mm. form. Mm. I think the Killmonger performance is probably one of my favourites, if not my favourite, throughout okay. the What If. Mm. Uh, and, really, and also, it, it didn't hurt that it, it looked like him. It was yes. really good likeness, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, I'm not sure I'd say that of a lot of people in this one. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, Some Catherine of them... Tony. <laughs> I know, I know. Definite what was variance. What was up with Tony's enormous nostrils? <laughs> Once I noticed it, it was really distracting. Once I noticed how tall he was, it was really distracting. <laughs> <laughs> and also, when Killmonger was stood in his white uniform when he was revealing um, Obadiah, he has like Kylo Ren levels of broad-shoulderedness. Mm. He was about twice the width of the other two. <laughs> I thought the um, uh, I can't say his word, his name now. Obadiah Stane, voice actor, was good considering it wasn't Jeff Bridges. I wouldn't kind have of passed me by unless I picked up on it. Um, I thought it was a poor Gwyneth Paltrow impression, but I, I actually quite liked the um, the animation of her. I thought that was um, I was quite entertained by it. Yeah, it, it's hard because I enjoyed. The performance. I thought I thought the character was good here and almost better than in the films, but I'm not a huge Gwyneth Paltrow stroke fan, to be honest. Mostly because of the writing they give her. So mm. maybe part of the change here is that she's not the fun killer. Yeah. She is actually doing something and investigating the right thing. Um 
but yeah, it's hard to distance that from the fact that the both the like the visual likeness and the audio likeness were not so good. I'm finding it really hard to find pictures of Robert Downey Jr.'s nostrils to compare. <laughs> I think he's just really good at posing with his head slightly tilted down, which look, which look implies that there is a Sherlock. problem. Look, look for him and Sherlock. <laughs> I think you might see it there. Yeah, there's a selfie with him and him and Tom Holland where he's leaning back and, you know. I, he didn't look well, Tony. I mean, I, I guess that's vaguely canon, but he didn't look well. No. I, the voice, it was... I mean, this is something I was saying earlier uh, when we were talking in earlier episodes. I was not looking forward to the being a Iron Man. mm episode where there was heavy Iron Man and then just kill him off immediately because and I was really trying to think about it and I actually think that if I had not seen or heard a Robert Downey Jr. performance of this I think I would have thought the voice suits the character Hmm. and so I don't think he did a bad job at all but it's just that performance is just such magic that it does then feel that something's missing Hmm. I thought it was nice to have Angela Bassett I felt like she was giving it some yes. theatre, one might say. And and especially on that, I like what they then did with the character. Because I imagine you? you're, you're not going to get Angela Bassett doing the martial arts training, the physical training, <laughs> to, to do some of that stuff. Not anymore. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed them saying, this is a character who can do it. And especially can do it ten plus years ago. Yeah, I... On the one hand, I really love seeing uh, Queen Ramonda as the general, particularly given Angela Bassett wasn't given a huge amount to do in the film, considering she is Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that then I was thinking, well, that does that demote Okoye as being the general and the leader of the um, Dora Milaje? And I don't like that so much. And because um, Denegarai was voicing, but I think mm-hmm. she's got, what, two lines? Mm-hmm. And I would have preferred a lot more from her. That's true. Although annoying that we are having to say, oh, it's the two women of colour that are having to vie for position there. Anyway, so, yeah, give and take. Um, How old is Shuri in this episode? Like, 12? How old is Shuri in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? What, 15, 16, I think? Because, yeah, I just, I I got, like, twice I had to stop it and just try and do some maths. And then I thought, no, do you know what, I just don't know. Can't remember. I mean, I mean, I think she's play. Letitia Wright is playing her at the age she is. It, I, I, is it Letitia Wright? Not in this, oh. but but I mean, I mean, in in the films. So yeah. Letitia Wright was born ninety three. So let's say it's oh, about gosh. that for the character. So that would be fifteen. Yeah. In this, and and I think they actually portray her younger. Yeah. yeah no, I, think, I thought they did. Yeah, as well. I think no, twelve absolutely. might even be generous. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. kind of what I was wondering. Yeah, because she kind of comes. There's one scene where she just only just goes over the height of um, Killmonger's waist, <laughs> and you're thinking, yeah, the the film Shuri was at least sort of mid chest on him. But she's not lacking any of her kind of character and perception no. and science, really. No, mm. I think if it wasn't for the fact that she was drawn that way, I think everything else absolutely mm. came across. And I love the idea of her uh, teaming up with Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. It's <laughs> such an interesting it's idea. So interesting. I, I really would love to see that. I think that would be, and and maybe part of the purpose of this is just to kind of leave you with you'd love to see it because that's quite nice in a way. 
And, you know, as the counterpoint to what if sometimes the universe is destroyed, sometimes a universe is set up that is very different and is interesting. Mm. And I suppose the first... Sorry. I'd say the further consequences could potentially be extremely different now because, I mean, everything is very different, but after this, you know, without Tony at this point, without Iron Man, without all the other things that you're without, Mm. it's very different. Mm. So with this, do you feel that this is uh, an ending or do you think that we will see the next chapter? I'm not convinced that we will see any more of any of these. That's interesting. To be honest with you. I I think it would be good if we did, but I am not holding out hope for it. Mm. Because there might be a slippery slope of either not creating new things, and there is an interesting thing here of, of creating new things, mm. but anything they decide to show more of some people will like and some people will go, well, I don't want to see more of that. I want to see more of that other thing that I'm not, you know, I want to see more of the zombie world. Mm. But they've chosen not to show the zombie world. So, um, you know, I'm an, I'm annoyed about that. So rather than spinning off the ones that seem to be popular, treat this as the show where you can just throw lots of interesting ideas yeah. at it. And just to let listeners know, well, definitely Matthew and I have not watched the mid-season trailer. I haven't watched it either. For a change. Yeah, so okay. it might be that perhaps that tells stuff, um, but we would. But we don't know. I would rather not know. Don't tell us. So please don't tweet and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was listening to. I don't know if either of you listen to the uh, Cinematic Universe podcast. So they've been doing on their Patreon. They've been doing a, a play-by-play on the what if, and they had an interesting theory that uh, all of the more open-ended. Um, episodes will then somehow combine for the finale which I hmm. think would be interesting I don't see them doing it but I just thought that was a, something I hadn't thought of I wondered if a season 2 yeah I was thinking if we get anything it's, it's more likely to be a season like a shorter season 2, season two that does more of the open-ended ones but it could, it could be anything I suppose yeah, mm. yeah. we could have a season 2 with um a few of these are continued and then mm, there's new ones which then go on to the next one yeah and and infinitum because C- equally i'm not expecting a season finale mm. uh, 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 i wasn't until uh, that was raised mm. yeah it's an interesting idea i'm just expecting a, a, a final episode which might be a bigger final episode might be a, a grander what if um or involving more things or more fundamental changes or, or even changes that are really close to our own Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not expecting that. It might be like what if frogs or something, you know? Like it could, yeah. it could yeah, be that big, you know. Hmm. Make it care bears and see how it goes. <laughs> it's a crossover. But, we need. but I could see it being what if Wanda was raised watching horror films and TV, <laughs> and Wanda Vision was actually really dark. <laughs> As opposed to the beacon of light it was. Yeah, but but you know, so something to, just different. What if she was raised watching medical dramas? Oh no! Oh, that'd be terrifying. What if what if she was raised watching like Chinese or Spanish soap opera or something? Yeah, right. that'd be what fun. If, what if we had a Neighbours episode and an EastEnders yes. episode and soaps and from around Kylie. the world? Kylie <laughs> and yeah, Kylie's Kylie in the MCU again. Yeah, absolutely. As long as that isn't missed out in this water <laughs> but yeah i i feel like we have kind of more of the same to come 
I don't know. Mm. That's, that's what I'm going to keep expecting. And then if there's something else, I guess that will be fun. But yeah, I, th- I don't think I know anything at all about any of the others. Um, I, I don't think the original trailer had any more than the things we've seen. Hmm. I'd be interested if they do, because it would be quite interesting if like episode eight was, what if something to do with Shang-Chi? Mm. Coming, you know, a sort of cross-promotional thing. I don't expect them to because they need people to have seen the film to really come into it. And they're, yeah. not gonna, they're not going to. They're not going to introduce him that. to some people in this. Mm-hmm. How long does but... this run? It's got three, uh, three more. Mm. And then afterwards, maybe the week after is when it comes to Disney Plus. Forty-five day window, I think they said for Shang Chi. So yeah, okay. yeah. So mm. that yeah. could happen. Mm. Um, but speaking of Shang-Chi and not at all a spoiler for the film which Laura hasn't seen, crucially Shh, don't out me don't out me (laughs) why? How is not on our Marvel podcast I'm sorry, (laughs) they don't know when of course they know when we're recording because it's anyway (laughs) (laughs) we get previews I'm seeing it this weekend I am seeing it this weekend Shang-Chi is not out yet and it's fine (laughs) Laura's a real fan (laughs) I saw it yesterday anyway, it's fine However, what was the thing about the Ten Rings in this episode? So, uh, yeah, Killmonger says to Tony when he rescues him, the Ten Rings are something something basically on their way because it was the Ten Rings that attacked the Humvee in Iron Man and kidnapped um, I figured it was the same. So I I don't understand. (laughs) Which bit? Can we talk about it without talking about Shang-Chi? The Ten Rings is the force that abducted Tony in Iron Man. Yeah, the terrorist organization. Okay. That called themselves the Ten right. Rings. Yes. I'm guessing named after some other rings, which I haven't seen yet. Yes. It just seems so timely. And and the we have also seen in another Iron Man film someone else taking the name Ten Rings for their own purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Iron Man, three. yes. So, so it it could be these are three separate instances of ten rings, the thirty rings, if you will, <laughs> for Goblin Kings or something. <laughs> um, but not necessarily all connected as the same thing. It could be there are connections between Iron Man One and Shang Chi, but nothing explicit is said. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I just wanted to put there so that Matthew could say words and. Help me through. <laughs> he he tightrope walked between the two of you when you're on different <laughs> knowledges. It was perfect. You did well. Thank Very you. Very well done. Yes. Very well done. Thank you. Very impressed that even in animation, Michael B. Jordan's top somehow comes off. <laughs> right. I'm grateful as ever. Completely unnecessarily, but it's a, it's a, a core part of his character. Yep, you're See about to fight there. a. That was a joke for Matthew. Well, that was that was actually a very good joke. Yes, well done. Bravo. Uh, absolutely preparation for fighting a big robot is tearing your own shirt off. Yes. Robots love Hang shirts. On. Didn't the robot tear it off? <laughs> I thought he tear it off. I thought it was the robot tried to grab him and it only got his shirt. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. You are. You're going to have to go and watch the shirtless scene. It's and then research. Go back and watch you may have to get, yeah, go and watch Bucky's <laughs> scene as well just, just to make sure there wasn't something similar and uh, mirroring going on there. I really appreciate you doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just talking about mirroring there, a segue across to nice symmetry with the Black Panther uh, sunset ending. 
but very different. So at the end of Black Panther, mm. you've got uh, Killmonger dying with Black Panther, watching the sunset that he was told about as a child. And here we've got him with T'Chaka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, just to repeat, if people haven't heard those others, I like when they use things not in exactly the same way, but variants of it. It sort of you know keeps us the idea that some things do always happen. But seeing it sort of reinterpreted slightly, always interesting. I really liked the line that Killmonger says to Tony just before he kills him, the difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me. Which really feels like a line from one of the films or something, but I, I couldn't see that it was. Are you guys familiar? Sorry, Matthew, are you familiar? <laughs> um, oh, not explicitly. No, it's not coming to mind of, of just, exactly yeah. that. It is, it is... It is very reminiscent of a lot of Killmonger, the the, the museum sequence yeah. particularly is standing out there. I mean, um, it's a know. standout line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just made me wonder: is is it actually from Black Panther? Um. So yeah, we got to see a lot of people killed this week. That seems to be a and, theme. And I've said previously, I will give them a point when they they don't show me Black Widow dying. So <laughs> when point. they could have done. I think they have now killed Tony as many times as they killed Black Widow, haven't they? Because <laughs> he's died three times in What If, and then obviously spoilers for Endgame for anybody, but he died. Which in we that also one. saw in this. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think they're both up to four. Yeah, I mean, he got a big funeral and you know, a goodbye moment for everyone. So I ju- yeah, I just saw somebody reporting on Twitter, and it wasn't a source that I know, so it could be okay. you know when people just make stuff up. But um, someone's saying that Charlotte Johansson... Charlotte? Who the hell's Charlotte Johansson? Charlotte Johansson. That... She's from Brompton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's how completely crappy this news is, clearly. Um, saying that Scarlett Johansson uh, was saying that she didn't think that Nat would have wanted a funeral. Yeah, I'm like, I can believe I don't, that. I, I don't care. That's, funerals aren't for the people who died. Funerals exactly. are for the people who are left behind. I was yep. left behind. I wanted a funeral. Mm. Just getting that yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm giving them that credit. The the point of you know mm. not showing me someone dying when they could have found a way to do it. I think in this episode in general, but we do have that weird animated clip of the Avengers all coming together in Avengers One. Yeah, with it looked more like Cat Dennings than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> it was just <laughs> maybe it was, it was a different strange. universe. Well, exactly. It really yeah. felt like a sort of variant version. Maybe yeah. we'll see more of that Avengers group later. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also quite pleased because with this new trailer coming out, obviously uh, various feeds have come up with articles about it as people write articles mm-hmm. on every single thing they can do with Marvel. Um, and the picture they were using was Tony with the Iron Gauntlet from the end of Endgame. And I'm like... yeah. How are we going to revisit that in What If? God, that's a really strange thing to show as part of it. It's because it's from this episode. So that's fine. I uh, And I am now not worried about if it's going to come up again. <laughs> but interesting that that was the picture people chose for it. So Yeah. Mm. I was trying to remember if they killed off any female characters this week because I think we've had that conversation a lot. Um... I don't think they did. Mm. No, no. They, they came close to with Aquaire. Mm-hmm. She got saved, mm. which was a nice moment. I did enjoy that. 
we should talk about Rody because it was nice to see him. Nice to hear mm. him, I thought as well. Again, a, a little um, cartoonish, but why not? Just, just really nice. Just enjoyed. I liked his performance. Yeah, and I enjoyed again what what they did with the character and you know the words about being in the system and everything. And then I found myself thinking about you know Winter Soldier and TV series and. Obviously, I don't remember the film. Um, but thinking about the TV series and thinking, oh, yeah, I wish he'd been that a bit more. <laughs> well, it's like the the scene at the beginning with um, between mm. Rhodey and uh, Sam. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that reminded yeah. me of it. Now, now, we had this discussion in the one where they all got killed off. About yeah. whether they made a decision. Do you think at some point there was a discussion of, do we get Terence Howard in for this? <laughs> No. He's burnt his bridges. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to touch him at all. <laughs> Abby, you got some Paul Batney to love on. Well, you see, I actually had to kind of really sit and listen carefully in the second time round because you hear him pour half a sentence like an echo. And, you know, that, that wasn't very much. Because obviously I saw the name in the credits and I was like, oh, yeah. But, you know, then he kept talking to Jarvis and Jarvis said nothing. And I mean, Jarvis always <laughs> says something. He's pretty talkative. Yeah. I mean, that is really it as far as his, yeah. his presence. It's like that's a heck of a thing to get a credit for. <laughs> like a tape recorder in the room next door. I just, mm. anyway. Yeah, they probably could have lifted some of the lines from the many films he did as Jarvis. Almost certainly. Mm. I mean, you could just, you could literally just AI that now. I mean, <sighs> anyway, you know. It is, it is what it is. Um, and I think it's interesting. It feels like we're seeing more of the Watcher again. And this time we see his guns or, or gun. <laughs> there was an arm. There was, and he was in was full colour. arm. He was in full colour mm, at the beginning. He was. I wanted to pick up, we were talking about standout lines, and um, I just thought uh, Killmonger's line about how um, he was doing what he was doing uh, for... The oppressed who were suffering while you were standing watching or, or something mm. along those lines. And, you know, that's a very Killmonger line. But obviously, in the context of you've just seen the Watcher right there, standing there watching, oh, yeah. I just thought that was a nice bit of layering. And mm. and again, I feel like we have had these nods to the Watcher throughout and, and his place in things. So, you know, again, thinking about what a finale could be. Yeah. Is there anything sufficient for the Watcher to intervene? Is, is the infinite question. But mm. but I felt like I really again this, moving that way. this episode really emphasised that um, I suppose lack of, of intervention and mm-hmm. made that feel more local um, in the MCU. So yeah, again, good layering. Because I don't know the comic well enough, but there are multiple Watchers. The Watchers is a mm. species, I think. Yeah. So again, could we see something about the Watchers as something for a finale? Sort of explaining it and wrapping yeah, it more together, what their purpose is or what they see and what they do with what they see, maybe? Maybe they'll just give Probably a timekeeper a call at the end and be like, hey, so how's it going your end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing that I thought we could have had a bit more of, or they could have focused on a bit more, was with T'Chaka when... Uh, Eric is talking about avenging his father. There wasn't a lot of reaction from T'Chaka, seeing as he's the one that killed Eric's father. Hmm. And 
we know that Eric knows this because he found the Black Panther claws in his father's chest. So there, there was almost a, a, a cut to T'Chaka's to face, but then not very much going on. Mm. Uh, and similarly, I'd, I would have expected a bit more kind of Eric looks behind T'Chaka's back. Or, I don't know, maybe it was just too sophisticated for me. But I, I felt that that's, that's quite a key thing. He's doing a lot of this to avenge his father. He talks about avenging his father. It just seemed to kind of glide past the fact that Chaka's the one that killed him. I mean, I had wondered if they were suggesting something different, and perhaps that's why Killmonger was on a different, slightly different trajectory. Um, But yeah, I didn't trust myself to remember the details. (laughs) So I just wondered. Yeah, I think if they're doing that, though, I think they need to say it. Yeah, if you that's quite a mm. fundamental change. If, just, if the what uh, if what if he was actually killed by other people or something? Yeah, mm, yeah. I didn't pick up on it in that way. I thought it was still trying to keep the secret. Okay. Effectively, mm. that the only in our sacred timeline came out after his death. So. Mm. Mm. Yep. Mm. So yes, it was fine. Yeah. I'm very much on a fine. I mean, fine and enjoyable. I didn't. I didn't come away from this disappointed or annoyed, as I might have done in other ones. Um, no, but I think sometimes I'd prefer to be to have a, a strong feeling about something. I strongly yeah. preferred I really, it to last week. I strongly didn't. Yeah. Hmm. What I did like, though, was the mashup of the Black Panther music and the Avengers theme towards the beginning. Oh, I didn't notice it. Yeah, that mm. was good. These themes are amazing. I'm rubbish with the stuff. You asked me to hum it. Couldn't do it at all. <laughs> and I've, um, Abby kindly alerted me to the fact that the uh, soundtracking podcast, mm. Edith Bowman's podcast, has recently um, spoken to the composer, I think it was the director mm. of Black Widow. And I was thinking, obviously I listened to it, but I was thinking... I don't really remember the music of Black Widow again until they play it, and you're like, "Oh my god, well, of course I know that." <laughs> but yeah, and um, we've got Ludwig Göransson coming back for the score for Wakanda Forever. Good. So I mean, that was what pretty central. Turned what out. he does. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think um, it's it's not necessarily what I would have expected from a Killmonger episode. Um, I suppose I just rather like the idea of you could do anything and you just kind of move everything a little bit to the left and keep it largely the same. I think that's quite mm. bold in itself. And I think sometimes what it's saying is, no, these are actually the definitive aspects of a character. These are their motivations. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about those kind of key events. What are they called? What are the events called? Nexus Absolute events. point. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> both of them. They, they did say that they would have called it a Nexus event had Loki been written. But that is, they're not the same and thing. They're not the same thing. <laughs> okay. Well, because the thing is, if, if an, ap- an absolute point can't be changed, but a Nexus point is changed by, or was being changed by the TVA, because the whole point is there would be a Nexus point and they'd go a, in and A Nexus trim it. point is created and they stop whatever stems off from that Nexus yeah. point. Yes. So that can't from be the sacred point. timeline. We're we're not talking sacred timeline stuff here now. We're talking uh, multiple timelines, and the nexus point is a fundamental, important point in that universe. 
But it isn't always a fundamental important point because you think in that orientation video mm. in Loki, one of the things was if you were late to work or something could in mm. theory be an excess. But can't be point. changed. That day you will always be late to work. Mm. But in the sacred timeline, you shouldn't have been. So that's why they want to trim it. I don't know. Well, suggests we aren't in <laughs> the I'm making sacred sense timeline. from chaos. <laughs> oh, we're not. We're not in Sorry, different be... time universe. Different universes still share simultaneity. Well, it right? depends if you see if you see what if as following Loki. So at the end of Loki, they broke the sacred timeline and unleashed all of the different multiverses. Well, if they haven't written Loki yet, <laughs> I know, but I, I, the timing of it after Loki does, I don't mean it does suggest that this is then further educating us in mm. in what we're going to get when it comes to mm. yeah, opening the can so. of worms and showing you each worm one by one. Yep. <laughs> see how this worm is different from the others. See where the kink is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mostly the same. Wiggles a lot, but this one's got no head. <laughs> And this one, Shai Hulud. <laughs> Good. All my June fans out there. I was going to say, ripping for this June one. And June and worms. There's worms, aren't there? In June. Sure are. There are worms. Okay. That's I look fine. forward to that. You will. You will. You should. Wiggly, wiggly worms. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm feeling like maybe we've come to the end of anything we have to say on this. Seems vaguely possible. (laughs) So that's it for this week's Marvelous Pod. We'll be back next week looking at the next episode of What If. In the meantime, we've put up a poll on Twitter so you can let us know how many tildes you would give this episode of What If. You can find that at Eloquent Gushing. I'm also on Twitter at Laura Geeks Out. Abby, where can we find you? On Twitter at This AE Shaw. And Matthew? You can find me on Twitter at Matthew Vos, I think. Yes. And yes. on any good podcatcher, you can find uh, my other show, Movie Fight Club, where we talk mm-hmm. about films and discuss them. And hopefully very soon, you'll be able to find my other show, Worth the Calories. If you enjoy the Great British Bake Off, come and listen to us talk about the Great British Bake Off. I'm taking it that now that we are co-hosts and part of the Eloquent Gushing Empire, <laughs> that we get the cakes. Yeah, they're always out on a plate. Come and get them. Perfect. I, I will need some postage. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous. Until next week, then. <laughs>